Hello, my name is Jen R. I am a high school senior involved in the Global Scholars Program. Recently, and for about three months, we studied, analyzed, and researched many aspects of poverty throughout the world. After the unit ended, I questioned the role of women in poverty. This topic seemed especially important for me for a few reasons. The first being that even here in America, although the majority of us do not face extreme poverty, we do face gender gender inequality due to unequal wages. Secondly, due to the documentaries we watched during class that always shared the stories of the men of the household working or farming while the women stayed home, cooked, and kept the house in order. To me, this was a very old-school way of thinking, so I pondered the idea if women in impoverished nations have the same resources and freedom as women in free countries such as the United States, could we help the UN's goal of eradicating poverty by the year 2030? For today's podcast, my main goals are to focus on three major questions. One, how are women more likely to struggle with poverty? Two, how are women working to get out of this? And lastly, how are women, how will women eradicate poverty by 2030? To start my personal research, I simply typed into a Google search bar the effects of gender inequality and poverty. Luckily, about 4 million people have wondered the same thing and even went as far as to write about the topic. The first article I stumbled upon was one by Claire Melamede titled, Gender is Just One of the Many Inequalities That Generate Poverty and Exclusion. To summarize a few key points of this article, it started off by discussing shocking facts such as young women in Africa are between two and four times more likely than their male contemporaries to be infected with HIV. In Bangladesh, poorest boys are less likely to go to school than poorest girls, which was kind of shocking to me. Then, I dove into other nations' shocking statistics about poverty, such as in Peru, the national average for schooling is under 10 years. To further break down this number, for the indigenous men, the average is 7 years, while for women, the average is only 5. The statistic regarding schooling is something we discussed over and over again in class, so naturally it struck something in my mind. In class, we discussed how the increase of education in younger individuals can help eradicate poverty, which helped me get the ball rolling by putting it in the perspective of females and asking the question of what if every female was able to receive the same amount of education as their male counterparts, or even better, what if they even got to receive the same amount of education as women did in the United States? Then they would have access to better jobs, be able to read and write. After this, I wanted to view some statistics. What were the numbers of women living in poverty? What were their races? Where did they live? These were all questions I wanted to answer. Although the statistics I found on the Center for American Progress were found about 10 years ago in 2008 and are undoubtedly outdated, they still managed to highlight the differences between men and women living in poverty. For example, the percentage of African-American men living in poverty to women was 23 versus 30% respectively. In addition, race was not the only section that held some shocking statistics. The poverty rates by sex and age were also staggering. The age of five and under, the percentages were close to the same, possibly being that the children under five do not hold jobs and rely on their family's income. However, as men and women started to enter their adult years from the ages of 18 to 24, 15% of men were living in poverty, whereas 23% of women were. These differences varied as the years went on, and around at the age of 30 to 40 were pretty similar. However, the percentage of men living in poverty was consistently less than women, possibly due to such things as the wage gap. But the next gap that was shocking was 75 and older, where only 7% of men lived in poverty and 15% of women did. There were more than half of the amount of women living in poverty as their male counterparts. In some places, such as Africa, when a woman gets pregnant, she can no longer attend school. This was the case for 19-year-old Rita. 
from northern Tanzania. She was expelled when she became pregnant at 17. Teachers found out I was pregnant, she said. I found out that no school is allowed to stay in school if they are pregnant. I didn't have the information about pregnancies and what would happen. End quote. So why does all this inequality and unfairness happen? The Center for American Progress hypothesizes it is due to the following. One, women are paid less than men. Even when they have the same qualifications and work the same hours, women are segregated into low-paying occupations. Two, women spend more time providing unpaid caregiving than men. Three, women are more likely to bear the costs of raising children. Four, pregnancy affects women work, women's work and educational opportunities more than men's, which is what we saw in Rita's case. To further analyze the effects of empowering women in impoverished nations, I took a look at an article titled How Empowering Women Can Help End Poverty in Africa. In Africa, women farmers make up almost half of the agricultural workforce around the continent. Just let that sink in and resonate with you because it's important for what comes next. So I'll say it again. Half of the workforce in Africa is women farmers. However, their level of productivity is significantly lower than their male counterparts. A study conducted in 2015 shows that plots managed by women are 25% less productive than plots managed by men. Similar studies have also shown that if women worldwide have equal access to resources such as seeds, fertilizer, etc., then 100 to 150 million fewer people will go hungry. This is yet another example of women struggling to compete with men and shows that if this inequality did not exist, then a significant amount of people would not go hungry. This could help eradicate poverty for two reasons. One, and most obviously, it would provide food to 150 million more starving individuals and would also allow women to make more money, which would close the persistent present gap wage and also would allow women to have more money, which could help them climb out of poverty. Currently, there are individuals who have set out to help close the gender inequality gap everywhere. In 2013, the World Bank announced $1 billion in support for countries in the Great Lakes region in Tanzania. The World Bank has also sharpened their focus on women in the Shahel region through the 170 million Shahel Women's Empowerment and Demographics Project, also located in Africa. This project adds the bank's existing commitments for material and child health programs in that area. Lastly, the World Bank believes to solve this problem firmly, we must be, quote, putting resources into poor women's hands while promoting gender equality in the household and in society results in large development payoffs, end quote. It is therefore fundamental to me that we nurture the women's self-confidence and empower girls, and of course young women too, living in poverty to make informed choices about their own lives as well as those in their communities. This research has affected my thinking by providing new insight and realistic possibilities for the future to help eradicate poverty by 2030 and in the process help women become more equal. Lastly, it did make me more passionate on the subject and made me want to reach out and lend more of a helping hand. Thank you for listening.